Welcome to Awaken to Sleep Education. So we have some a treat for you guys tonight. Uh, you guys, is y'all, just to be clear, uh, that's the California version of y'all. Don't get offended. We've got these awesome Wonder Woman of DSM here tonight. We are going to do a panel style Q&A session for the whole time. So instead of having to hear one person talk about one thing, we're going to talk about all the things that you asked questions about when you registered. That's the goal. Uh, we're here to serve you and have a whole host of fun. Yes, I'm borderline crazy for inviting these three awesome <laughs> and wild ladies of DSM onto the same webinar, knowing that their friendship supersedes any relationship I've personally had with them. But this is a, a circus and we're going to have some fun tonight. Uh, before I get, ladies, before I get to you, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourselves briefly. Um, but before I get to that, let me do the CE stuff. You all know this is an AGD PACE event. You're here partly because of that, hopefully mostly because of the content these awesome gals are going to drop on you tonight. Uh, in order to get your CE, you have to stay here. You have to fill out the survey that you get a link for at the end of tonight. It'll take you 14.7 seconds to fill out like a five-question survey. Please do it. Do you get your CE? You'll get an email at the end of the night. Uh, we are going to cover a lot of topics, not just one. Uh, and any endorsements by the speakers is their own opinion, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada. Welcome. We're going to have some fun tonight. All right. So let me start with Stacy Ochoa. Will you please give us how long you've been doing DSM? Your um, favorite thing about it. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. We just got kicked off right. Like how long, favorite, how long, favorite thing, and your favorite hot sauce. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> what? what? Hot sauce. <laughs> I already know that answer. Cholula. So I'm going to go back. <laughs> we, we skipped to the last yeah, question. No, I'm going to do Cholula. Okay. Going back, I've been doing this probably about 22 years. Um, uh, started, I really right out of dental school. I was very, very fortunate that the doctor I went in with taught me dental sleep medicine right out of dental school. So uh, mostly adult and then got into peed stuff uh, about five years ago, maybe because of my own kids. My favorite thing about dental sleep medicine um, you know, it's interesting because I've always been big into wellness and overall health with people and with my dental patients, but this really brings that all together and it's very rewarding, you know, and we're not just saving teeth. We really are literally saving humans in our practice, the whole person. So that's my favorite part of dental sleep. And I don't have to lean over a patient with a drill. That's nice. Side benefit. So we save humans here. Is that part of your direct-to-patient marketing? Yes, we save humans here. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Stacy, number two, just because of order. Like, I, I don't know. You got an oh, E in your name. Effort. I mean, what did you expect? Come on. <laughs> Dr. Stacy Lehman, how about you give us your details? Uh, I think we just figured out we've been doing this for about 15 years. Um, we are in Arizona and we have a multi-location sleep only practice. What I love the most about it uh, is that I don't have to drill 
see blood, really <laughs> see spit, never deal with anything that could ever hurt. A I mean, I could go on all night. Like <laughs> I, my favorite thing to say is that I'll live under a bridge before I go back to the chair. So I think that tells you how much I love it. And hot sauce. I don't really like hot sauce. Is that weird? I like no. and dip at a restaurant, but that's it. Otherwise, I don't use it. Taco Bell mild sauce is pretty good. It's high end. Stacey Laban, you are my people. I don't have a sophisticated <laughs> palate. Ask Alicia. No, right. she does not. Well, per perfect handoff, Alicia, please. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Hi, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, Stacy and I have been working together. So um, now her aversion to, to blood and hurting people uh, in general dentistry. Um, when I was 19 years old and I was a dental assistant, I realized that I had no business uh, putting my hands close to a patient's mouth. Um, so I love my favorite part is the patient interaction. It's on a daily basis just getting down to, to sit face to face with the patient and really discuss what's going on with their sleep, with their sleep apnea. It's a personal conversation. And sometimes we cry, sometimes we laugh. Um, they give me way too much time because I'm having way too much fun. Just, um, just getting to know the patient. So um, I can give them hope. That's what I do. So that's my favorite thing. Um, Hot sauce, there is, uh, I'll, I'll make a confession. You might think less of me. You might think more. I don't know. That's on you. Um, but there's a restaurant in town. I actually won't say which one it is, but it is a, a kind of higher end fast food Mexican restaurant. And I actually brought my big purse in one day and stole a whole bottle of this <laughs> hot sauce. And I put it in my purse. I'm like, go, 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 because they wouldn't sell it to me. Um, so it's it's a specific restaurant. Okay, I'll just say it. it's some burros hot sauce. And if they come oh after me, <laughs> oh my gosh, five bucks. You just put it out there that you stole See, something. Nobody, nobody, had, and we're recorded for future reference. <laughs> That is outstanding. I carry big purses, you know, <laughs> so I can put hot sauce in it. <laughs> oh like my, my gosh. <laughs> so uh, everybody on here that didn't expect to learn about hot sauce tonight, if you would, uh, thank you for saying where you're from. We got a bunch from Texas, Massachusetts, uh, North Carolina. Um, why don't you guys tell us, just give us a number. How many years have you been in dental sleep medicine? So that way... As a panel here, we can uh, address you guys uh, in the proper fashion. So just give us a number. Uh, how many years have you all been doing it? Nicole, one, one and a half. Natalie, one. Mark, five. Amy, one, Southern California, 15. in five years. One, 15. <laughs> Kelly oh, knew that, that you were going to say sombreros. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bottle. All right. So with two, six, four, 10. Okay. 18. Yeah. You guys are all over the map. Uh, so we're going to do our best to, uh, you know, answer appropriately. Um, I've got a whole, we asked you in your registration to give us one question you'd like to hear from. I've distilled that down and we're going to see where this goes. 
Uh, so I'm going to show a question on the screen, kind of like Jeopardy. We're going to do clinical for 500. Answer the questions, and uh, or you all are going to answer the questions. I don't have answers. I'm just going to ask you to see what you say, and we'll have some fun. Okay, uh, let's start off with an easy one. This is what everybody likes to see. Let me see if I can actually make my screen work, you know, because I don't do this all the time. Uh, clinical question. How do you all take bites? Which do you prefer? And has it changed over time? <sighs> Just because we've got to scratch the clinical itch. I know we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But y'all know people want to ask you this stuff. Just saying. Well, if you're not part of the Dental Sleep Medicine Facebook group, go there. And it's been asked five gazillion freaking times with videos. <laughs> but I'll say <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so why don't you give us your short abbreviated or is is that your answer? Okay. Go look at Facebook. So, no, 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 no. So, I mean, I'll just jump in real quick and get it over with. So I use airway metrics jigs and we used to do the snore little thing and have them snore in the different verticals and the different protrusive what I've discovered over the last 15 years and and watching the progress of patients over the years with different bites different verticals different this different that is my most successful position is the lowest vertical I can get um, and about 20 to 30 percent of their protrusion. So most people end to end. And then um, depending on their classification, if they're class two, obviously we're not going to go. It, it just all depends. But most people, it's four millimeters end to end. If they have mm. a four millimeter overjet, we let them drift back. So they're about three millimeters protruded for end to end. That's what, how we do it. Super simple. Keep it simple. Sally. I just really think people try and make it so much more difficult than it has to be. Wait, did you just translate that to use a golf tee and tell them to, I'm just kidding. Totally yeah, kidding. Whatever. You could, if you had to. Uh, Stacey Ochoa, tell us how you do it. I started off with the George gauge because that's what everybody teaches. And um, I moved over. Stacy actually convinced me to move over to airway metrics. In our office, we call them the Legos. I don't even think my team knows what they're called. <laughs> they say, where's the Lego kit? Um, and like Stacy said, I mean, the majority of people, like you, you want to get as uh, low of a vertical as possible. It's just about making that box as big as possible. And it's not just, and actually like the more I started using vertical, I found I wasn't having to advance as much as I did in the George gauge. So I felt that, I mean, that was an improvement in my practice. Um, but I also make sure I, you know, check their nose too, because sometimes the snoring could be a valve collapse. And then I don't really even have to move the jaw. Someone is just stabilizing the jaw and getting their nose open. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, a little bit deeper on that. Uh, what are some of the things I'd say, let's say pro tips, since you all do just a couple of these a month on the regular, uh, what are the things that are most impactful for you or the team when you're submitting to the lab? Like what are the absolutely crucial things to nail 
so that you don't have issues when you're seating appliances? All of my assistants know we have to have the three millimeter clearance, right? It's actually a little less now with ProSomnus, the select. Um, midline has to be whatever they have and look at it in function. So if they have a major deviation, we got a, or deflection, we, we have to catch all of that. Um, make sure that you don't take them too far to start off. And if they have a limited range of motion, we're gonna be even more conservative. So those are kind of the things that, that we absolutely pay attention to. Cool. Stacey Ochoa, anything to add? I agree with those and that midline aspect, it's, you know, you, I, you always want to tell the lab, like Stacy said, honor that midline and just make sure you see, I mean, if their midlines off four millimeters mm. to the left, when they come forward, tell that lab to honor that four millimeter to the left midline. Cause if you try to shove that midline, you know, and the lab tries to put the midlines together, you're going to have a really uncomfortable patient. So you're just honoring that patient's anatomy, the way they're used to moving. Yeah. And an intraoral cool. scanner is super nice too. Versus uh, Which one do you guys currently use? Intraoral scanner. Stream and iTero. I have iTero. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, attendees. Y'all that are here for this, uh, if you would pretty please, I forgot to tell you this, I'm sorry, uh, keep our chat to the chat and keep your questions to the Q&A. Uh, Stan, you are absolutely faithful and always sending questions in the Q&A. We appreciate you. Um, if you all would do that, if you have questions for these ladies, please stick it in the Q&A. We will get to those. Uh, those are candidly as or more important than the the ones that we've got already in slides, okay? Uh, so throw them in the Q&A. Uh, let's do a second one here. Uh, this is uh, team and workflow related. What, oh, what are your best strategies for getting team members on board? <laughs> and is this really that important or not? How crucial is it? So you're mm -hmm. talking about within a dental office? Yeah, Stacy. I mean, that kind of doesn't count for a DSM only practice because every team's <laughs> not on board, they don't have a job. We're, we're talking about the places where they can have a job and pretend they're on board. I'm just kidding. That was very <laughs> facetious. I would say There's not a lot of pretending. There's just a lot of say, like then you need to talk to me about that one. So yeah, and, and, you know, and it's been, I'm not going to candy coat it. I mean, Stacy and Lisa will tell you, you know, having a dental sleep medicine practice within a dental practice, it has challenges um, because, you know, you have to have someone that's willing to know both or wanting to know both. And, and mm -hmm. post COVID, we're all struggling with finding good people and retention. So, you know, it's been a journey, but when I have had a consistent team, so if you have a consistent team, I mean, you have to get them trained. You have to get them to seminars. They have to see you excited. You have to go with them. Um, mm. And I mean, you, it's just crucial that they see your passion um, and that it's really not an option. Like this is how this practice rolls and you can't let them bully you out of doing this or they're just not a good fit, even if that means next. And I've been through 
the ringer with employees this last mm. year. It's been really rough. Yeah. Um, but I finally have a good team. We're sitting down, we're doing trainings. We take lunch periods where we review modules. Um, we do question and answer. And when they feel like they're part of something um, and they see the lives you change, I even read them testimonials from patients like, hey, this guy said this online and, you know, they get excited to be part of it. But um, I think we all have that struggle of finding good team members right now. I think everybody is kind of struggling with that, but um, investing in your team and them seeing you're passionate and it's not, it's non-negotiable. And I think setting up realistic expectations for your team, like, you know, how many a month do you want to do and have a goal? Just like you have a goal for Invisalign. How many oral appliances are we going to do this month? You have to talk about it in every huddle. You have to talk about it like you talk about everything else. It's part of your practice. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is a it's a unique line to straddle. And I, I was being very facetious about the team that's pretending. The, the truth is most team members, by and large, are informed by a well-intentioned doctor who attended yet another course and is going to spend 10 to 20 minutes distilling two days of information that they've retained with the best intent. And it's just mm-hmm. not the handoff, the volume of information, the details required. It's just not a sufficient handoff to the team. Well, let's get real. They're, bo- they're rolling their eyes at you when you come back from a CE. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. What are we going to have to do now? Like, so yeah. you have to have a way of coaching getting them on board, incentivizing them with incentivizing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Stacy, you know, Stacy and I um, can absolutely speak to um, the offices that have failed because of the team members, not, not even so much. Well, I guess the doctor would be responsible for the team members, but not, not so much in our office or ourselves because we we get really lucky. We have what we call lifers, um, and we've got great team members. Um, but working with GoGo and having that medical billing side, and you know, we we would go to a seminar, or we would have doctors call, and they would sign up for the services. And I would personally call to do some of the training and interact with some of the team members, and they were like, "Oh, you know, what did he sign up for now? We don't have time for this." Uh, blah, 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 blah. And the attitudes um, would absolutely reflect how successful or, or how unsuccessful the doctor would be at implementing sleep. Um, so I could usually tell just if, if I sign, sign people up, you know, to do their training, um, you know, if, if it took them week after week after week after week to even mm-hmm. see us, um, I knew this isn't going to, this isn't going to go well. Um, so I, you, you touched on it. The doctor goes to the, to the seminar and then comes back and spends 10 minutes saying, this is what I learned. Um, and they don't bring that excitement because they weren't there. So if you, uh, if you really want to do this, bring your team with you, bring those key people with you to the seminar, spend the money and take really good care of your team members and they will stay uh, they will follow you from other offices like they have with Stacy and I and um, and really get amazing people and then keep them happy, keep them motivated, keep them educated um, and and they will help you succeed. But if, if they feel like, ugh, 
I, I not to not to drone, but I've <laughs> literally heard many offices go like, "Oh, he's just going to forget about this in two weeks." So, like, <laughs> yeah, sorry I, he paid you yeah. for this. Sorry he signed up for this or she signed up for this, but we're just going to kind of push this and piddle this along till they give up, and and we know that he or she will. Um, so you need a new team. <laughs> to, to be to be clear, there is a pot that everybody puts money into where a wager is, will you forget about it within two weeks or not, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, before you Absolutely. fly home, the pot gets closed. <laughs> so, um, okay, motivating the team. I had the pleasure of visiting the Go to Sleep Center offices a few months back with a client of ours, and you guys were incredible. But I, one of the things that I noticed that was a stark difference from what you guys, the, the droning on about the humdrum kind of a mentality, you all have an incredible set of people that do great work. And as the business leaders, the owners of the practice, they make your life doable, easier. And it's not just for the purpose of your life being easy, but can you all each, I'd love to hear from each one of you, like the top one or two things that you do on a regular basis that helps solidify that culture among your team to really create that. Stacey Lehman, love, you want to start? I just love our staff. I literally love our staff. Each and every one of them. They, I mean, no joke. They are, I, I can't tell you how often I just look around and I just can't believe it. It's just, <laughs> they're just such quality, amazing human beings and we're just so close with everybody. There's no hierarchy. I'll tell you that right now. I've never believed in that craziness. There is no hierarchy. I am not the doctor. You better listen to me. That doesn't exist in our practices. <laughs> it never has. Um, and so I think that we're just all on the same level and we respect each other so much, but I, I just, I can't, I just love each and every one of them deeply. So Cool. I think I think you know <laughs> Stacy. You know she's she's very honest. She's very humble. Um, she's a great leader, and our team knows that we care about our patients, um, and we care about them as team members, and we have everybody's best intentions um, to ensure that we're we're doing the very best we can do, and you've you've witnessed it we have fun we're laughing all day long we're gooping around there's no you know we're so we're so fancy we we can't even look at ourselves um we're just we're just down to earth having a great time um and the patients can feel it they are they're having a mm. good time and uh you know the, the biggest compliment is when patients leave and go i have never ever been in an office like this before like <laughs> and you're doing good work and I trust you you know yeah. I trust you that you're going to give me the the best treatment uh that that there is available so I think again I, when you when your team sees that you're doing really good work and you're taking care of the patients and of course you you pay them well and you bonus when we make money they make money uh we set our goals when we reach the goals we pay them what we told them we were going to give them and then we give them more and then we take them out for dinner and we, um, you know, we do team retreats and 
we just keep investing back into our people and into our team. And we have people that have been working with us. You know, Stacey and I have been together for um, 18, 19 years. We've been working together and assistant that I brought on a week after Stacy brought me on. She's still with us. And, you know, so like I said, we're, we're trying to build lifers. Yeah. <laughs> you're like once yeah. you're in, you'll never let go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's worth it. Stacey Ochoa, what do you think? I, again, investing in your team is super important. I mean, we, at our office, we are, uh, I mean, just even the way we set up our practice, it's more like you're walking into a living room. It's more, it's not a clinical feel. Um, but at the end of the day, it is still a dental office and I have a dental sleep practice. So there's still some dentistry going on. You hear the handpiece in my office. So there's still that feel, um, but we like to have fun and laugh and we're totally goofy and we do like to do winery stuff and have a good time and um, they love the bonus and we keep track of the collections and the cases and we huddle every morning, we're intentional. Um, but I do think what Stacy and Lisa have is very, it's amazing, it is awesome. Uh, and you don't see that very often. It really is. They've built something pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, they're, they're awesome sauce or sombreros hot sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Worth stealing. (laughs) All right, let's get into another one. And uh, I'm going to do my best to pick up the pace here (laughs) because we're, we're three questions in and we're halfway through our webinar. Okay, we'll be quicker. Um, So uh, I want to build a strong sleep practice and want to transition out of my general practice. I mean, candidly, as a coaching company, this is probably, if there's a singular hallmark statement that we hear on the regular, this is it. Let's just be tactical here. Not, I, I, everybody understands that this might be the goal, but what are the three crucial things or three, not the only three, but the first three, however you want to answer it, what are three crucial things that someone who wants to transition from general to sleep only has to do or have in order to start making that move? I'm just going to tell you, don't even ask me that question because I'm still in the trenches. So I'll make that <laughs> Just go straight to Stacey. <laughs> Don't go, okay. hey, Ocho, Ocho, what do you think? I don't know. I'm still doing dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're, we're going to save Ochoa one day. We're, one we're, day. They're going to grow. We're, we're going <laughs> to grab her. She, and she's going to totally know what I'm saying because I say it to her all the time. The, yes. the most important thing to me is fear. Everyone's so afraid of making that leap. And so do it is my number one jump 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 just get it done look you already have been doing it you have the knowledge and you know how to do it and you've got referrals coming in what will happen when you finally make that decision and you can't do it within your dental office you really can't you if you if this is what you want to do like I understand you have to start in your dental office and you get a little bit, but if that's really your goal don't say well I'm just going to use a couple of chairs because you're going to keep getting pulled back you have to take it outside of the dental practice and not be in the dental practice anymore. And once you do that, your business will grow 
organically very quickly because you're going to be more respected by the medical community as being a dental sleep medicine specialist and not just one of those dentists. And that sounds terrible, but that is the truth. That's how they think. Yeah, I think the cru- crucially, you certainly you build that referral um, base while you're in your general dental office. So so do focus on on not just your own patients, but but working on creating that referral base. Um, so when you do make that jump, that you have something coming in the door. Uh, but you will see uh, if you if you market and do a good job you will grow that. Absolutely. Um, and when Stacy, when Stacy made the jump, we sat there and it was like, well, <laughs> we can have a patient. And then we had one and then we had five and then we had seven and then we had 15 and now we're over a hundred and it's just, you've got to start somewhere and don't be afraid of sitting there going, well, Will we get one? Because <laughs> you will. Um, and, and then as you, uh, you know, as your team grows, again, investing in, in the right team members and continuously being out there marketing and um, communicating with those physicians. So, so start that right now, but don't be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. So uh, two comments here. Lily Galley said, woohoo, just do it. Uh, they literally closed on their GP office two weeks ago, week and a half ago. And they're doing DSM only. Yep. And uh, Dr. Monet said, if you're in California, make sure you're on the medical insurance and network provider. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to hop in. I, you guys are not here for me, but I'm going to, you know, insert myself uh, as well. Um, you need that same fear that paralyzes today when you make a decision that this goal is worth pursuing, it is the fear that will propel you to do it. Stacy and Lacia walked the path and it's not a pretty rosy, like, oh, we walked in and had 35 patients our first month. You pucker up and you get stuff done <laughs> and you realize that you might have a little bit more time than you do patients for the first time in 30 years or whatever. I mean, Just think about it. If it's a goal worth pursuing, at least do yourself the respect and the justice to walk a map backwards from that big, hairy, audacious goal of doing DSM only. Stacey Ochoa, walk the map backwards and then make sure that your your quarterly, your annual, your whatever goals, your timeline that you're starting to get tactical are directly aligned with that end outcome. So that every decision you make today in the GP office with your marketing dollars, whatever that looks like, is aligned with that goal. And then it makes sense because that's your filter criteria. Just saying, y'all didn't come here for me. I'm just throwing stuff out at you. All right, I got to do a clinical one. Um, We're going to go back to clinical. Sorry, I have to. Um, Side effects. Can we talk about side effects for a hot second? This is, speaking of fear that paralyzes, this is the fear that everybody has when they get into this. And it quickly dissipates when you do as many cases as you, as you all have. So from the side effects, from oral appliance, from the therapy you're doing, what are the most common that you see? How do, have you dealt with them? And more importantly, how do you, most importantly, I should say, 
how do you communicate with your patient about these things? Proactive after the fact, just pick a couple. Let's have some fun on the clinical side. Stacey Ochoa, let's hear from you first. So it's funny because I actually text Layman about a situation that just happened. So I had a patient that came to me, um, already had an oral appliance. Their, their doc retired, um, came to me for a new one, and then um, sat in the chair. My assistant came in my office. She's like, okay, so the new sleep patient, she's ready to move forward. She just wants a new device. I'm like, oh, that's great. She's like, but she literally bites like this. Like her front teeth, that's all she could do is just bite her front teeth together. I'm like, okay. So I went in there and was talking to her. And I think when you are very transparent, I mean, I remember hearing this in dental school. If you tell the patient everything that could potentially happen and you are unapologetic about it and you're like, look, your teeth can move, your jaw can move. Um, you know, these are some of the side effects. You can get some TMJ issues you know, yada, 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 you tell them. Um, but I always tell patients, the majority of the people that do have teeth movement and do have jaw movement function just fine and they don't care. However, if at any point we start to see those changes, you have the option to stop oral appliance therapy and go to a CPAP or go to another, another, another device. You have alternatives. So at any time, you know, we're checking on you. And if you have issues with those movements, and you want to get out of oral appliance therapy, then that's when you exit. So I had that conversation with the lady yep. and uh, she could care less that her teeth were, she's like, is this normal? I'm like, well, it is a side effect of the therapy. Um, if you want to change it, you've got Invisalign. You could do Invisalign with a CPAP. You can do Invisalign with an oral appliance. And she, I said, but are you chewing okay? Is everything, yeah, I'm fine. I just, this is my bite. And I'm like, okay, let's, just move forward. And if you ever want to change it, let me know. I mean, the bottom line is they're breathing. And I think for dentists, I mean, we literally, it's like drilled in our heads. I mean, just, oh, your margin isn't perfect. Your contact is a point. I mean, we've made, we've been taught and ingrained the minutia of things that do they really matter? I mean, we kind of make a big deal about things that cardiologists would look at us and say, that's what you worry about when you go home. So I think at the end of the day, you are helping a human breathe and you're very honest with them and you tell them this is open communication. If at any time you're uncomfortable with the changes that you potentially will have, then we can stop, you know, and yep. just uh, very upfront. I don't want to try to hide it. Like, don't, don't like, you know, just glaze over the side effects. Be very open about the side effects and make sure they sign yep. it for that. Yep. Yep. Upfront information is education. After the fact, it's ex excuses. Yes. Well yeah. said. Ooh, that's well said. Well said. Yeah. Stacy gave Lyman. me a, lam a laminated sheet. Can I jump in first? Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you have this script and we switched from paper um, filling out their consent form to they fill it out on the uh, on the iPad, and so I stopped going over that. And then we had a couple of patients, you know, said, "Why well, never would have done this if you told me I had to wear this aligner or what have you?" And Stacy says, "Lisa, aren't you going over this?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I used to when I had the paper, but no, I don't tell everybody." And so um, 
you know, again, it's, I, I do the consult and the doctor and then the assistant. And so they hear the same thing about four times and they used to always rely on me on being the first person to say it. Um, so we laminated the sheet and literally it says like tooth fractured, it can break your tooth. It's very rare, but it can happen. You know, muscle soreness right here, you know, tooth tenderness. Um, so we, we go through the bite and, you know, the aligners and, and all the possible side effects. It's on a laminated sheet. And I just, you know, do, they don't, they're not leaving my office without going through it. And again, it's when you're very upfront, like Ochoa said, they're like, okay, you know, that's okay. And then as far as the bite and, and the bite changing, um, I've been in an appliance for five years. My bites absolutely changed. My bites changed every time Stacy would put a crown. I don't know if you know a good dentist who can give you a crown. <laughs> changing your bite. <laughs> but I said to the patients, look, we give you a tool. You can ensure that your bite doesn't change. And if you use it, if you really care and you use it every night, we really care, right? If you don't care, we don't care. That's all there is. If we, if, as long as you're breathing at night, that's what we care about. That you're, you're yeah. that you're not having, that you're not going to die in the middle of the night. If, if your teeth used to do this and now they do this, if you don't care about it, we don't care about it. If you do, and we can even rescan yeah. you and and superimpose and show you the exact movement. Totally up to yeah. you. We'll be as as crazy as you want us to be. But yeah. I haven't worn my aligner. My bites. I don't care. I wake up in the morning, I feel great. And, you know, I have more teeth when I smile. Oh, well. <laughs> Stacy Lehman, you really beat her into submission over that consent form. Uh, it's she really started repeating it from rote memory. Like, yeah. I better do this or right. else. <laughs> Honestly, there are four things, four things that we talk about. Tooth and muscle tenderness the aligner and the lower jaw sticking forward in layman's terms, terms, haha, funny, right? <laughs> um, crowns coming off and now I got out of order. What did I forget? Muscle, okay, so jaw tooth coming off, tooth fractures and crowns coming off. That's it. And if you tell them and they hear it in the consult and then they hear it at scan, then they hear it at delivery, then they hear it at their one week. And so it just, it, and he, there is somebody on this webinar that will appreciate this. If your patient's crown comes off, and I want to make sure everybody says this to their patients when you discuss crowns coming off. Crowns can come off, whether it's Invisalign or night guards or sleep appliances. It cannot pull off anything healthy, cannot. The problem is when we take x-rays, we can't see what's going on underneath the crown until it goes beyond the crown, right? And so mm -hmm. if there's a cement seal that's washed out or there's decay, your crown can come off. Just in normal general eating, sometimes crowns come off. It cannot pull off anything healthy. Now, hopefully it was cement and you can just have it re-cemented, but if it's decay, you may have to have it replaced. Yep. And, I say, and then I love the part where I get to say, and don't bring it to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am not, I am a dentist, but I am not your dentist. I have nothing here to help you with. I don't even have x-rays y'all. I don't want to do any dentistry ever again for as long as I live. Take it to your dentist. If your tray needs to be adjusted to something new, that's our job. We'll take care of that. That's yep. what I say. 
Yeah. I don't even want to do the extra thing. No, we literally yeah. say if you if your crown comes off in your appliance, I say, if your crown comes off, you're welcome. Yes. You're, you're welcome. We you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if it came off because and there's no decay, oh my gosh, you just bought another five, 10 years. Like, dentists are really gonna hate us, right? You just you don't have to even need a new crown if there's no decay no. and it's just a cement and you just get it re-cemented. And they really they they get it, they understand it. Um, you could have swallowed it. You could have eat, had swallowed it when you were eating. So it was going to come off. It just happened to come off. Yeah. You're yeah. welcome. It's in a nice don't little tray. Apologize. No, don't welcome. apologize. And don't you dare feel responsible for that crown coming off no matter okay. what. Absolutely. You do not cover that. You do not offer that. You do not give them a single freaking dollar for their crown coming off. No. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing is side effects that a lot of people are nervous about is TMD, TMJ with oral appliance treatment for TMJ. Yes. So if you have someone that's like, oh, my jaws are killing me. They pop, they click. What are you going to put? What better thing can you put between their teeth? It decompresses the jaw joint. It usually brings them more forward onto the disc Mm. nine times out of 10. Um, and sometimes that is why the jaw moves forward. It wanted to be there in the first place. So, um, you know, I don't, I used to in the beginning, like I was so afraid of someone that's like, but I have TMJ. Well, you probably have TMJ because of your grinding and clenching and your sleep apnea. We're going to get that under control, right. stabilize your jaw, decompress your jaw joints. Most patients feel so much better. And that is the truth. So I'm not sure that anybody on this call feels like their fears are validated more than they are like vanquished, (laughs) to be clear. Like there's no reason to not do this therapy to stabilize your airway and make sure you're sleeping at night. None. There's very, I, when I, when I was at your practice, Stacy and Lisa, Stacy, I heard you say that like three times and I, it was everything to not just die in that moment. And here I'm a dentist. I have to be, I'm licensed to do this therapy. I'm a specialist. I'm not your dentist. Don't call me when this happens. Don't call me. Yeah. Don't don't even think about it. I know you're going to think you can don't call me. Who's your dentist. You call them. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like there was no doubt who they're calling. If this ever happens and that's a free, you're welcome. Like dang. Yeah. All right. So I, I feel bad. I, I'm so used to on ASAP. I answer questions for people and I'm like, oh, crud, this isn't even my webinar. I apologize. So <laughs> shame on you for working extra hard, Stacey. Sorry. Show up. I Kelly see you. asked a question about how do you do Invisalign? So say someone does have a bite that they want to change and yeah. they have to, you know, do I do Invisalign? Do I correct my airway? I really don't want to do a CPAP. So there's two oral appliances that you can use along with Invisalign aligners. One is Aligner Sleep Appliance and the yeah. other one is Oasis. And I've heard better things about Oasis than the Aligner Sleep Appliance, but they go with the ClinChecks and everything. So you can still do oral appliance therapy while you're doing Invisalign. Sorry, yeah. I answered it so it went away. I saw. Okay. <laughs> I was going to let you totally off the hook. Because you answered the question, but good job. Uh, the other is, uh, and this is 
depending on the amount of movement you're doing with Invisalign, you can do a temporary appliance if they are in a stabilized position that you can reline it like a Moses Alpha or something along yeah. those lines. Um, cool. Okay. HSTs. Do you do them? How do you handle them? Uh, how many do you have? I'm adding stuff here because the question was the standard question. Do you charge for them? Do you do diagnostics? And I know Stacey Lehman is going to start cursing in a hot minute. So um, just how do you handle sleep tests in general? Do you only refer them out? Do you do them in-house? What do you charge for and what type or how many, not type, but how many do you guys have? How do you handle it? Are okay. you billing my and doing any diagnostics? Yeah. My, my I'm in a dental practice, but, and I think they'll probably, I don't know, they can speak for themselves, but I personally, I use a company where I outsource the virtual consult. They handle sending the sleep test. Um, but I am very careful to nurture relationships in town. So you, you must ask any sleep patient that is calling, you need an intake form specific for sleep. If you're doing dentistry, have one for sleep. Um, How did you hear about us? Were you referred to us? Because if a sleep physician or an ENT that tends to do their own HSTs, or you want to nurture that relationship, you don't want to burn that bridge and then you're firing them over here. So just be very careful about, you know, collaboration and building those relationships. You don't want to just say, I only refer all my HSTs out, but that's in my situation. But um, so I do a mix of both. And like, you know, we kind of have standing orders for, hey, if it's Dr. Ojal's patient, this is what he wants. If it's Dr. Gold's yep. patient, this is what he wants. Yep. So, and that also builds a relationship with you and the physician. Hey, I, I got your patient. Do you have, do you prefer to do your own sleep studies? Cause I will need a titration at the end. And if they're like, no, you do it, you order it. I don't want to deal it, deal with it. Once I send you the patient, I trust you. Then those are the standing orders for that doctor. But anyway, they know cool. about this. I don't do as much as they do. <laughs> so we have about probably 150 units at this point. Moly. <clears throat> it's a <laughs> half, half of the people fainted on the webinar <laughs> and the other half are fully puckered up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the bane of my existence because I, I, I am every waking moment I'm looking at sleep studies, but the most important thing Stacy hit on it is fostering your relationships with your referral sources. And so when the, the you don't want to give them more work to do, so, or you don't want more out of pocket for your patient. So the patient comes to us. We get them in the correct position. We think we've got them in the right position. We do a computer scored HST. When it looks good and it may be one test, it may be 20. Once I get them dialed in and their HST looks good, it's computer scored only. I send a letter back to the referring provider with what we got. And then in my note, it says, this is just for calibration purposes and it is an unscored um, HST, please. Because... 
you the other thing is if we bill for a titration HST, but that referring provider wants to, sometimes yep. they can't bill for it at that point and the patient yep. has to pay out of pocket. So we do not bill for titration HSTs. It goes back to the referring provider. They get to bill for it if they want to. Then it's in their hands. Because again, I'm treating their OSA, I'm managing them during treatment. Once I get them to that point, that's for the sleep physician to make that final ruling. Yeah. They have to be the ones to decide that that patient is good to go. You don't want that on you. You don't want that responsibility. Yep. And I'm going to, I'm going to add a little context here uh, for our, our audience, because we've got some folks that are in GP and just barely stepping into sleep here. We've got other folks that are doing DSM only like you all and Stacey Ochoa, you added a lot of clarity because you have a mixed bag. They might be coming in from marketing. They might be a physician referred patient. They might be from your own internal screening efforts. So knowing uh, for our audience here, just a little bit of like, put them in buckets. If you are doing, if you're in a GP office and you're screening your own patients, you have some latitude there because you're not taking off a referral source. You can use a service like what uh, Stacey Ochoa had said. You can hand out your own HST, you need to align with your workflow. If it's cash, if it's medical billing, that kind of stuff. If you are getting externally referred patients from physicians, this is a clear line in the sand or you don't get referrals anymore. The fastest way to take off a referral source is to go against what they want for their patient. They're referring to you as a specialist. So the primary care, the cardiologist, they multidisciplinary cross-refer to you. They expect for you to do your role, exactly what Stacey Lehman said, and then hand them back. But it is a great idea to have standing orders for your referral sources, because if they want you to manage everything, because they don't want to touch it, then manage it for them and don't make them do a ton of extra work. But if they just want it, you to do your part, deliver the appliance, adjust and titrate, and then move on, that's the difference. So, and just real quick, I'm sorry, Lucia. You, you know, I'll forget if I don't say it really quick. One thing you can do also is if you're in your general dental practice and it's one of your own patients, I was the number one referral source for our sleep center. So how do you think I built all those referral sources? Yeah. When you have that internal patient, you send them, the sleep companies that you can refer out to are great and they, they fill a need for sure. And I really actually love them, but you also need to feed your referral sources. So yep. with those titration studies, you can send them and have a referral source bill. Yep. Sorry, yep. Lisa. Oh, that's okay. I just, I just, the only thing I wanted to kind of um, add to all of this, which is all great information and, and kind of hearkening back to the dental office days and go-go, um, there's really two roads. So if you are uh, working with your existing patient base and you want to, you want to treat them, they want, they want the appliance and insurance isn't an issue. Uh, the fast road is having your own sleep test and being able to, you know, get, get that baseline, put them in an appliance, get your follow-up. And of course, you still need to tie in their primary care physician. So yep. you're not a lone ranger completely, but you can you can give the patient the fast pass, uh, but it's going to cost more money. They're going to they're not going to be able to use their insurance. So 
you know, there's there's different types of practices, there's different types of patients within your practice. Uh, they're going to be the patients that say, I don't want to go wait three months and do this or do some. I don't want to, how much is it? Can I just pay for it? We, we get that in our practice too, where they say, mm-hmm. you know, can you just give me a test? And we're like, yeah, we, we certainly can. Uh, but mm-hmm. we, we want to make sure that we're um, not taking the full responsibility of, of manage, you know, of that diagnosis, what have you, but that is right. kind of a, uh, for a general practice, a way that you can go. But if you, if they are expecting you to bill their insurance, then you got to follow all the insurance rules. And that's where the physician face-to-face. So a company yeah. like Stacy's using that we use as well. Um, I don't know if we're using the same company, but um, the, the, the telemedicine face-to-face, they order the yeah. test, they send the test, blah, blah, blah. Then you're good for insurance. But if they're yeah. willing to, to pay cash, as long as you're looping in that primary care. Yep. Different and that, so what you, no, it's okay, uh, Lisa, what you just outlined is exactly what we teach on a workflow standpoint for our fee-for-service clients. Yeah, the folks that, that are, are starting off with that, always, yeah. always, you have a sleep physician diagnosing because you can't diagnose as the dentist. That's clear. And then you're sending a letter looping in their primary care so you're not ticking anybody off. But right. you basically quarterback with support your own program so you can kind of get your legs underneath of you. But yeah. that step to medical insurance and referral-based business is a big shift. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Stacey Cho, you want to add anything else before we move to on to a different one? That all of this applies to adults. The second you go pediatric, you have to refer them for a yes. PhD. That is the gold yep. standard. There is no HSD. Do not let any sleep company say, Oh, but this blah 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 junior. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. For a PSG. That is yeah. how, um, how it goes down. Don't yeah. even. Don't even. Yep. It's funny. Uh, you guys know my my story, my daughter's story, and we don't have time for this, so I'll shorten it. But she's five months old, turning blue, having apnea. I mean, we did an in lab test because all we had access to back then. We, I wanted to start a pediatric testing company. Tracy Winnett ASAP knows this from years and years ago. And the truth is, if you have a pediatric unit, you're only screening. If you can get mom and dad to take the kids to an ENT who will listen, you don't need that. It's just screening. The insurance will not validate it. They will not operate based on that. It's got to be an in-lab PSG. But if you have to force it to an ENT, because nine times out of 10 for children between the ages of four and six or under it's adenoidal swelling. And then after six to 12, it's now adenoidal tonsil. And then you got craniofacial if you have residual after six months and get them to an airway minded orthodontist. Yep. Which is hard to find. Which is hard to find. Unless you're an ASAP member. But anyway, go ahead. Yes. Okay. So let's do that. Uh, ASAP Pathway is an outstanding educational platform and tribe of folks that are treating pediatric airway as dentists. So if you want more information, we'd be happy to send that to you. Stacey Cho is one of the co-founders of that group, which is why she is so highly opinionated and educated on pediatric We're not airway. worthy. We're not worthy. However, <laughs> your 150 HST. <laughs> Hey, well, will one of you, uh, Stacy Ochoa or Stacy Lehman, one of you, uh, Stan's had a question in there that's very specific 
um, to his circumstance. Will one of you type an answer to that? And I'd like to get to our uh, last primary question here. Uh, if that's okay, let me share it. I don't need to share it. I, I'm having tech issues here. I'm just gonna ask it. What would you say if you had a time machine? What would you say to your younger self about this topic? Don't practice dentistry as long as you did. <laughs> and you tell she's passionate about never. She's a great it. dentist. She was a great dentist. Really was. He couldn't get I, out fast enough. She was an incredible dentist. Yeah, like, I loved it. But boy, yeah. I always tell people my stress level on a good day in the dental office was about a seven, eight. And my stress level in dental sleep medicine on a bad day is about a one or two. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Short. If I had a if I had a time machine, see the problem is is I learned so much. But if I had a time machine and Stacy said, let's start a medical building company, I would have told her to pull her way to go. <laughs> That's a, do you know how gray my hair is under this lady Clairol because of medical building? <laughs> but I we learned so much from yeah. it. Um, so of that I think because it, it's true I mean I I would yeah. I would never take it back but when Stacy said let's open sleep and I'm like no I'm tired let's open sleep no I'm too busy let's open sleep ah yeah. uh, and then I finally treated myself for my apnea and I was like oh I can do anything yeah. because I wasn't tired anymore so um make sure if you have uh, if you think you you might have apnea uh test yourself and treat yourself and, yep. and be amazed what you can accomplish when you're not tired. <laughs> yep. Oh, I think it just actually worked for the screen share. <laughs> My uh, old screen just changed. Uh, Stacey Ochoa, if you could go backwards, what would you say to your younger self? It's so funny because I actually say, again, I, I, I love treating adults, but... I'm telling you the, the kiddos that we help um, that are lost, the parents are exhausted, are lost the primary care. To me, at least treating or seeing kids and, and maybe you don't wanna treat them. Maybe you just at least wanna be like a triage. But to me, that is the time machine for airway is going back to that patient in your chair getting a, a MAD, that didn't start just that day they right. you could go back in their life and i'm sure that they struggle with breathing through their nose properly and then it went into upper airway resistance and then it went into snoring and then it went into probably apnea i mean so the time machine for me is telling dentists mm -hmm. to look at when this starts which is usually yeah. in childhood and if you can get to these kids when they're young and really help offset cognitive uh, deficits um, and change their life. Like these kids are freaking struggling yeah. and nobody knows what's wrong with them. So to me, it's not really, mm. I, I got into this because nobody was helping my kids. And yep. uh, I'm like, what the freaking heck? Some, there's something not right. My kids aren't sleeping even after tonsils and anodes, what is going on? So for me, the time machine is going back and looking at kiddos earlier in my practice, if I had more knowledge about it earlier on, so. 
So for those of you that don't have kids in your practice or you can't stomach the thought of treating kids, <laughs> there's lots of big kids who need Band-Aids. There are adults with OSA who need mandibular advancement devices yes, every do. single night. They do. Yeah. I love the passion. Stacy. love the passion. It is a, it's a freckle on a niche on a small industry, but we need more help in both spaces, adults and kiddos. You know so, what's interesting though? I used to think it was a niche within dental sleep medicine. Pediatric airway, we don't have any members that hardly any that did adult sleep. It mm. is the majority of our members are orthodontists, pediatric dentists, and general dentists with sick kids. None of them even wow. do adult sleep. We got into this thinking the whole adult sleep population is going to come over and start learning peds. That is not mm. what happened. It is interesting. Yes, it is insane. Mm. So it isn't a niche within dental sleep medicine. It is way outside of it because everyone has kids. Mm. Everyone has kiddos and they want their kids better. And that doesn't just apply to people doing adult sleep. Yes, that very, nobody likes cranky kids. Nobody likes cranky kids. <laughs> it makes for cranky parents. Yeah. It really does. This is true. Mm -hmm. So there were a subset of questions that we didn't have a chance to get to about marketing. Um, maybe we'll do a part two if you guys request that and these ladies would like to come back. It's some giant topics, you all. Uh, we would love to stay here and answer some questions. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone who hung out with us for a little bit over an hour and round of applause to our amazing panelists. We appreciate you legitimately for your time and the extra effort uh, tonight on restraint, emphasis on the restraint. <laughs> um, no, but uh, all right, a couple of questions here. Uh, uh, somebody, Abby asked, transitioning into pedo sleep from treating adults after almost two years, super excited. High five, Abby, that's awesome. Um, Best practice, I, I saw this a while ago and I can't, I'm trying to scroll through the chat and I didn't grab it uh, earlier. Um, best practice for going to your team and helping them own their role or get, get that team ownership, team culture. I don't know how exactly they worded it. Um, any emphasis or any uh, insight on that? Treat them and their family. Treat them and their family. Okay, Alicia? got nothing else come on hot sauce <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, all i heard was come on hot sauce i didn't hear anything <laughs> prior to that <laughs> you had to like so, i'm a news anchor and i can't hear you I'm, I'm ready for my big first when i'm gonna go get some hot sauce um, so Stacy said, you know, treat them, treat their family as far as getting your, your patients on board. It's, it's team ownership. That was the question. How yeah, do you get team your team to own it? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think one of the great things about sleep is when the patients come back and they're different people and they're happier, like, especially kids see that, um, you know, we see it, uh, relationships are getting better, you know, so um, if your team has a heart and they're decent people, they'll go, wow, you know, 
this, I, I don't, I couldn't do anything other than this, that, you know, they'll, they love it. Um, if they're just cold blooded hot sauce <laughs> stealers, you know, maybe you should, you should tell them to go, go, go work security at some fair. Thank you for joining us on this webinar. If you'd like more information on dental sleep medicine education, coaching, or home sleep testing services, please feel free to reach out to us at awakentosleep.com forward slash edu or at info at awaken number two sleep.com. Thank you and have a great day.